New Year's might be over, but we've still got a lot to celebrate. Hello, this is our show's one-year anniversary month. Woohoo, go us! So what better time to raise a glass than now? But here's the thing. Some of us don't drink. Uh, that would be me. And all of us are obviously wellness fanatics, so alcohol is not always what we want. But who doesn't love to celebrate with a little bubbly? Cheers to that, James. That's why at Off The Gram, we are loving Groovy, a line of craft, alcohol-free beers and wines. Christine, I know you are loving the bubbly rosé on New Year's, right? Totally. It was a toss-up between that and the dry secco. Both were such fun options and allowed me to wake up clear-headed for a Central Park run the next morning. What a treat, right? Groovy also has a diverse selection of alcohol-free beers, including an IPA, a German sour, a pale ale, and a dark brew stout. Oh, and one more very cool thing. They have a dry January wellness box available on their site through the rest of the month, which includes all sorts of self-care goodies to kick off the new year. But if you want one, get it fast because they're a limited edition. And if you are doing dry January, be sure to check them out on Instagram at getgroovy for fun tips and recipes. That's at G-E-T-G-R-U-V-I. To learn more about Groovy or purchase online, visit getgroovy.com and use the code OFFTHEGRAM15 at checkout for 15% off. You have to learn how to be happy every day, all day. And it's not some toxic positivity. It's this ingrained joy in your life, this sense of calm. No matter what happens to you, you're anchored in it. And that's what I've been working on for almost a decade. Welcome to the one-year anniversary show of Off the Gram. Over the past year, we've jumped into the trenches together to live our best lives, channel our inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media together. Happy Potiversary, ladies! Yay! This is a big deal, guys. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, who'd have have thunk it? Yeah, you sound really enthused, Megan. I mean, (laughs) I'm pretty pumped. Okay, good. (laughs) So, Jamie here. So, today is special for many reasons. So, to celebrate our one year, Annie, we've brought you not one, but two guests to share the love with our off the gram audience and help us all step into our full potential for happiness this January. We've all heard the cries of, thank goodness 2020 is over. But let's be real. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. And only we have the potential to take the reins and start steering the ship towards a different path this year. So let's do it. So first up, we are thrilled to welcome Hillary Scheinbaum. Now, Heidi and I have long known Hillary as an amazing freelance journalist on the health and wellness health and wellness circuit. You'd think I could say wellness, given that it's like my entire life <laughs> on the health and wellness scene. She's contributed to publications from the New York Times to USA Today to New York Magazine and beyond. And she's here to Today because her book, The Dry Challenge, How to Lose the Booze for Dry January, Sober October, and Any Other Alcohol-Free Month just came out on HarperCollins, and we are so here for it. Congrats. Yay. So Christine here. Next up after that, Dana Max Pomerantz is the founder of the Be Happy Project. Her Instagram handle and movement with almost half a million followers and a mission to uplift her community by sharing content that inspires inner happiness, self-worth, and growth. She started the Be Happy Project after a pivot in the world of fashion, including stints with Marc Jacobs and Betsy Johnson, and later her own successful women's wear company, aptly named Dana Max, worn by countless celebs featured all over TV and named one of the most hottest new designers by Women's Wear Daily. Today, Dana Max inspires many to live a life filled with gratitude, positivity, and hope and speaks on issues including anxiety relationships, trauma, self-love, resilience, meditation, and beyond. We are so excited to welcome these ladies to bring us ideas on how to rock January and beyond. But first, let's jump into our weekly catch-up. And I think, Megan, you're going to take it away. Okay. So, guys, we know, you know, I'm Irish and I, I don't mind a glass of wine, but I did dry January last year and I'm unintentionally doing dry January this year. So who's done a dry January Let's talk. Wait, unintentionally? How is that? I didn't like, I didn't like set this mandate of like, I'm not going to drink this January. I just haven't. Because that's kind of how I live my life. I'm not like a resolution mandate kind of person. I make, try to make good choices on a daily basis. And so far for the past six days of January, I've made the choice not to drink. Also, I have to be honest, 
Yes, it's one of our sponsors, but I'm kind of obsessed with Groovy. I like like the Nose and the No Seco is what I've been calling it. And I definitely had a glass or two of that and like in a yay glass and felt like I was doing something and sort of the ritual of having a glass of wine is still there for me, but I, but I haven't had any booze so far. Oh, I love that. Well, we'll tell you all what that is in a second when we get to sweat this. Yeah. But Heidi, what what are you up to with that? So, so I feel like I've been pregnant a lot of Januarys. <laughs> so I've definitely done dry January when I was pregnant. Um, but also, there was like seven years of my life where I just didn't drink because I was trying to lead by example for other people in my life who had issues with it, um, which obviously never works, but you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, but I just didn't drink for like seven years just because I stopped drinking when I started my yoga practice, actually, because I felt so much better in the morning going to yoga. I had better balance. I was stronger, all those things. And then I was like, well, like I'd be out at night. It'd be like, yeah, but if I have this drink, then tomorrow at yoga, I'm going to feel like crap. So I just didn't, um, for a lot of years. And then one year got a little too stressful for me and I decided it wasn't worth it. <laughs> so I've done plenty of dry Januaries, but my feeling for me personally is like, I don't really drink that much at all. So like, if I feel like I need a cocktail, I'll have it, but time and place for everything for me. That's how I know that you're not an alcoholic and that <laughs> I am like, uh-huh. no, because well, I, so I'm, I'm in sobriety. I have been in recovery circles for a long time and there's no secret there. I'm very open about that. I've been sober for over 10 years, but you know, what's funny is that like the novelty of being sober still hasn't worn off. Like it's still that great to wake up every morning, not hung over, especially when you spent so many of your younger years, just like on the hot mess express, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Totally. I still just appreciate my morning so much and I just love it. So I'm not the right piece person to speak on dry January because I've just done a dry decade, but I can, I can say I can sing the praises for the dry decade because it's done wonders for me. But I have been talking to other people like my sister. I hope she doesn't mind that I'm actually, she's been sharing about it all over her Instagram. So I, I was going to say, I saw it on her yeah, story. It's okay. It's okay. No, but my sister has this great account called Doe Life. It's uh, she does art with Play-Doh. If you don't follow her, do, but it's amazing. She's amazing. But her Instagram stories, it's funny. It's like her Play-Doh art is her main feed, but her Instagram stories are her mom life. And I, I, she's hilarious. She's been doing dry January and it's tough for her. She drinks scotch every night and she's really like taking it on as a challenge. She just wants to see if she'll feel better. And she's actually just doing it on the weekdays and just taking a little break on the weekends. I like that there's, here's what I like about it. I like that there's no rules per se, although Hillary will tell us if maybe there are rules, Mm -hmm. but I do like that people can take it on in as whatever it means to them. You know what I mean? A lot of my girlfriends and mom friends have said, I'm doing dry-ish January, no Monday through Thursday. And if there's a school snow day, I'm drinking. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's kind of like people who go like vegan-ish, yeah. right? Vegan light. <laughs> I kind of feel like I maybe, maybe I'm doing that. I don't really, I'm not like a drinker, but before COVID, John and I, as you guys know, would always go out to eat. So there was something like fun about getting a glass of wine when you were at a restaurant. But now that we've been home forever, I just, I feel like, ah, uh, why am I going to waste the calories? <laughs> uh, I mean, a glass of wine is nice, but I find I've been drinking so much less, which is weird during quarantine. Cause I know a lot of people have had the reverse um, thing happen. They've wanted a glass or two more, but for me, I just feel like, uh, eh, I don't feel as festive. I'm home. I'm, you know, in my sweats, skip it, pass it. I'll have, I'll have a bubbly seltzer or a groovy maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's talk about that. Okay. This is like a perfect segue where I just want to hop into our sweat this. Cause we keep talking about this product that we're all obsessed with. So I might as well (laughs) talk about it because it's our sweat this this week. All right. So as you guys know, if you have been listening to our show for the last year, one of our favorite segments is called sweat this. It's where we talk about a product or service that we're just sweating that week. And it's no accident that today's product is perfectly suited for this show. So Groovy is a line of craft alcohol-free beers and wines. They aim to bring some life, love, and tasty options to the alcohol-free space. And we love this because whether you're sober, sober curious, or just looking to have a clear head by trying out dry January, this is such a cool option. So it definitely is great for people like me. I mean, I'm sober, you know, um, but it really is focused on people in the the health and wellness community. So people just trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle, maybe reduce their alcohol intake. And, but then you can still have something to complement your social experiences, you know? So if you're going to a concert or celebrating new year's or whatever. So we all got 
guys, I don't know which was your favorite product. We all got this adorable dry January wellness box that they sent us and a few of their products so that it was a dry Secco, which is of course their take on like a Prosecco. And then they have an alcohol-free rosé, which is delicious. Um, and they just also have like a diverse selection of alcohol-free beers. So like an IPA, a German stout, a pale ale, a dark brew, you know, all, all the cool things that you would want to have. And this, this dry January wellness box is actually available on their site through the rest of the month. And it has all sorts of cute things like self-care things like dark chocolates and candles and bath salts. But guess what else is in there? <gasps> Hillary Scheinbaum's book, <laughs> our guest today. So it really is a, a super cute way to celebrate a noble commitment to yourself. And if you, you do want to get one, you should do it fast because they are a limited edition. So to get yours or simply learn more about Groovy or purchase online, you can visit getgroovy.com. And it's G-R-U-V-I, not, oh, yeah. not like the 60s Groovy. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. It is G-R-U-V-I. And Christine, do we have a discount code for them? Yes, off the ground 15. <laughs> okay, guys. So go to G-E-T-G-R-U-V-I.com and use the code off the ground 15 for 15% off at checkout. Charlie stole the bath. The, there was like a bath thing and a candle. Charlie swiped that quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Adorable. I've long loved Groovy. They were part of my holiday gift guide last year. This is Heidi. And I, they're just, the the dry seco is I'm like a legit, it's 50 on. calories. Right. And it's like, for me, it's like the, I still get the ritual of a glass of wine for 50 calories and like. Totally. Without all that sugar. I'm, fa- I'm yeah. like an, I'm like a fan. Yeah, the I'll sugar is the I love thing it. too. That sugar just kills you the next day. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Heidi here. So like Jamie said earlier, 2021 is ours to mold and we want it to be amazing. So what does that look like? How can we start off on the right foot? What are some actions we can take to take the bull by the horns and focus on being our best selves? We always look at things through the lens of wellness as a means to holistic inner peace and happiness. So we've brought these ladies here to help us frame up some actionable ways to find our light. In a moment, Dana Max will bring her unique point of view, including how she learned that happiness cannot be tied to results, possessions, or people. What creates true lifelong inner happiness is collecting moments of joy, living with gratitude in our heart, and practicing the art of non-attachment so we can ride the waves of life. So how the heck do we get there? Dana Max will tell us in just a few, but... First, Hillary Scheinbaum is going to share her journey with taking a dry January and why you don't have to have a problem with alcohol to want to try this path. She brings us a step-by-step to set yourself up for success and helps us understand the benefits anyone can gain from taking on this challenge. So welcome, Hillary. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. So thank you all for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a very long We're time. We're so excited. So can you can you start by just taking us back? What inspired you to do this in the first place? Yeah. So in December 2016, around that time, I was a red carpet reporter. And after my daily red carpets, I'd head to after parties where booze were flowing Um, I didn't necessarily drink every single night, but it was available. And during the day, I was a food and beverage writer. So my job was literally to drink beer, wine, and spirits and write about it. Um, And on top of that, you know, I was a social New Yorker in my late 20s and also single. So alcohol was weaving its way into a lot of different uh, aspects of my life. Um, around that time, I actually went to dinner with one of my guy friends and we were just catching up about everything that friends talk about. And given that New Year's was around the corner, he asked me if I had any New Year's resolutions. So at the time I really didn't, and I didn't plan on any because it was very off brand for me. If I wanted to change something, I'd say, you know, I'm going to start tomorrow or I'm going to start right now. And he brought up this idea of dry January. And when he did, it simply just didn't register with me because of everything I mentioned. I was going out. I was hanging out with friends. Booze was always available. And uh, I pretty much forgot about the topic as soon as it had come up. But (laughs) a week later, lo and behold, on New Year's Eve, with a glass of champagne in my hand, I tipsy texted him and I initiated a dry January bet. And the premise was, was that we were both going to forgo booze for an entire month and whoever 
drank even a sip of alcohol would buy the winner dinner anywhere in New York City. So at the end of the month, I went completely boost free throughout. I won a very fancy dinner. And um, looking back at it, I won so much more than that because I had reached such incredible benefits. And, you know, now four years later, I wrote a book about it. So I think I won. (laughs) (laughs) And what were some of those benefits? Like what were the immediate, you know, payoff of going from drinking so much to kind of not making it a part of your life? My gosh, there were so many. My skin instantly cleared up. I was sleeping seven to eight hours a night instead of this terrible five hour, I don't even want to call it sleep, whatever I was doing, like resting my eyes. Um, I just felt so much more energetic. I, my mood was better, even in the gloomiest, you know, darkest days of January. And I really found that my dating life improved too, because when I was going on dates with people, there was no booze filter. It was very much like, this is who I am. And there were, if there were red flags, I could early on no you know means of miscommunication so I just think overall those 31 days just gave me such a a perspective of how I was spending my time and with whom and um yeah it's it's changed my life ever since so do you what is what does February look like for you then yeah it's actually interesting you asked that so the first dry January I did February 1st I had a drink or more than one and I felt absolutely terrible next morning it was, it was pretty atrocious, but every m- month after that and every year since I've drank less and less as time has gone on. I think that, you know, that dry, that first dry January really showed me that it wasn't necessary to have alcohol at every single event. Um, and some events just, you know, should be booze free. So it was, it was really eye opening. And, you know, looking back on this past year, I've had so few drinks and I, I really, um, mark that up to my experience with dry January. And what does so few look like? Does that mean I drink once a month, like once every other month, twice a week? Yeah, I think that I have probably had less than 10 drinks this entire year. And I've had my last drink to this day in November. So there are periods of time, even three or four months where I'll go without drinking and I don't think about it. I don't miss it. But was that drink in, in November ceremonious? Like, do you have some epic cocktail and make like a ritual of it? No, not really. I think, you know, the last drink that we're speaking of, it was a glass of wine and I actually didn't even finish it. I was just at dinner with my boyfriend and he had ordered a glass of wine and I said, you know, that sounds good. And then by, you know, mid glass, I was just kind of like, I'm okay with it. Like I kind of forgot it was there. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have like, is it more of just like kind of like I was saying earlier, like going to a restaurant, it's kind of fun to order the glass. And then I found myself doing the same thing. It's like, I'll have a few sips because it tastes sometimes it's like nice paired with cheese or fries or something like that. But then it's not like I want to really finish it. I just sort of like the act of doing it. Do you find that it's more when you're socializing or you're around people or do you ever if you're just home alone, say, hey, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I find that I don't do that at all. Yeah, to your point, I think that looking back at this specific year, I realized that I'm definitely more of a social drinker. And among, you know, people that I've talked to, and specifically my friends, people have either drink more at home, or they're drinking far less, there is definitely a population of people who have, you know, consumed less this year, because there are fewer opportunities to see their friends or go to dinner. And I think to your point, it's more about, like the taste of it to me and and the experience and just being in that moment. So I'm a big fan of obviously non-alcoholic beverages, including wine, because I think it's just, you get the same taste and there's absolutely no hangover. See, I'm looking at you both like you're aliens from another planet. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to understand how you order a glass of wine, drink half of it and then leave the other half, like never in my life. And I think that's a very good barometer of, do you have a problem with alcohol or not? And are you able to drink socially and for the right reasons or not? And that is a question maybe that one would ask themselves. And, and that kind of leads me into my next question, Hillary. So like, what are some of the steps? Cause like in my mind, I'm like, wow, she wrote a whole book about dry January. Isn't it just like, don't drink 
think for January at the end, like what, what did you lay out? Could you tell us about all of the steps, how you can prepare, how you can set yourself up for success? Like what components are there that it filled a whole book? Definitely. And you know, I think like three years ago, if we were having this conversation, I would have totally agreed with you. And I would have been like, I'm absolutely finishing that wine. There's no reason for me not to. I think it's definitely has been an evolution for sure. Um, But within the book, you know, I really lay out a lot of different tips, including like, especially now that we're all working from home is to like hide your booze or store it away or give it to a friend. Or even if you are absolutely 100% committed and maybe you don't want to drink after January either, you can pour it down the drain. I know that's a really controversial statement, but it'll definitely keep you from drinking anything that's in your house. So um, that's one because out of sight, out of mind. And another tip is to recruit friends and people who are not drinking alongside you. I know that when I've done my past two dry Januaries and certainly this one right now, my boyfriend is doing it with me. And that makes it a lot easier because there's not somebody, you know, sitting there with me who is imbibing. Um, And, you know, you can also make a calendar of events and be the one to take the lead with your friend group. If they're typically the ones who are, gathering for happy hour or a glass of wine, you can say to them, Hey, let's do a workout class or yoga instead, or let's, you know, take a hike or let's play a board game if you really want to. It's an interesting way to weed out friends too. If that's the only thing you have in common, you're like, Oh wait, we only like to drink (laughs) together. And a lot of people say like, Oh, January's gone too late now, but you can do this. It doesn't have to be dry January. You can do this. Sober October yeah. rhymes too. <laughs> you can do any month. You can do a right. dry July if you want to. You can Love start that. and you can start in the middle of the month. Yeah. Cause today's obviously uh, January 11th uh, as this podcast is released. And so it is important to note that like, just because you didn't start it on January 1st, doesn't mean you ruined the whole opportunity. Like there, you don't have to make it so ceremonious and so tied to a month, I'm sure. Right. So do you recommend though, a 30 day period as like a nice, is that kind of the stint of time that you think is a nice, like approachable time frame? Yeah, I think, you know, having 30 days really allows you to reflect. And certainly if you are into journaling and really keeping tabs on how you're feeling, I think that you can see the evolution from day one to day 31, whether that's, you know, your sleeping habits or your mood or even the money that you're saving or anything of that nature. Um, So I would really recommend 31 days, but I wouldn't get down on yourself if you, you know, want to do one week or two weeks or three weeks, or if you want to have a one drink January in the middle or the beginning or the end of your month, I think it's, it's really the effort that counts. And I think that, you know, even just eliminating alcohol a little bit, if not for the entirety of the month is super helpful as well. So other than anecdotal observations on your own, like improved skin or improved sleep, was, is there any science-backed evidence that you came across that really surprised you in researching the book um, with regards to putting down alcohol? Absolutely. There was so much research that I, I think I like ran into the other room at a few points in time to like tell my boyfriend, like, you have to hear this. And one of them was this UK survey that was put out that suggested the average adult spends nearly two years of their life hungover. Wow. It stopped me in my tracks. What a waste. I think- What a waste. (laughs) Not only that, like if you think about how often we're such busy people a lot of the time and we we tell ourselves that we don't have time for the things that make us happy or the things that we love to do. And when you add up that time, you could run marathons, you could go to grad school, you could accomplish- so much. But even beyond that, it's just the time that you're not spending feeling tired or sick or nauseous. Um, and really just owning that and getting that back. That was a big one. That's That's crazy. Completely insane. And also I bet, was there anything tied to like, like cell damage or anything like that or anything of that level? I can't speak to cell damage. I know obviously, you know, Alcohol is terrible for well, like inflammation from sugar, right? So when you cut out that, oh, sure, definitely. I mean, alcohol is really not good for your gut. And furthermore, you know, if you are somebody who's you know looking towards weight loss, um, I have a little calculation in there, which is if you're drinking, you know, two to three drinks a night, and at three, two or three nights a week, essentially you could add 
a whopping 212,000 calories to your diet every year. So oh my gosh. if that's one of your goals, you want to stay away from the margaritas and yeah, it's a lot. Well, and also your inhibitions, right? Cause then you're totally. going to eat other stuff too. That's what I find. Totally. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with alcohol, but if I have two glasses of wine, then like those fries look good. Dessert looks better, <laughs> you know. And I would never eat. This is Heidi. You know, I don't eat fries because they hurt my tummy. But Christina, oh, I does. eat a lot of fries. <laughs> I don't need wine to eat fries. I love me some fries. Christine and I are going to have a fry party. Yes, we have to. But I find that I've been eating healthier fries now that we're in quarantine. Like I'll make my own, I'll cut my own potatoes and put them in the oven. I mean, they're not as good, but like with the How little- about the air fryer? I have to get one. I don't, we don't oh, have Oh, you don't room. have one yet. I love Christine though. Everybody else is like, I've fallen into the COVID-15. I'm day drinking. And Christine is like, I'm like baking my fries now. And just, I guess got so much healthier during quarantine. Like, God bless you, Christine. We love you. But then like John and I had cookies last night because he he went to go shoot safely some women outside and there was like a, a little cafe they were shooting at. He came home with a birthday cookie and it was like a cookie with like everything and the sprinkles and I, I had to try it, but- Everything in moderation. <laughs> and to that end, Hillary, I would imagine that like, you know, replacing um, alcohol, not not with cookies, mm-hmm. but finding other things that you do like. You know, I mm-hmm. think one of the things that I got when I actually got sober was it reawakened in me a knowledge of things that I actually like to do. And when I first did start in recovery circles, um, the person who was mentoring me in that group was saying, well, make a list of things that you like to do. And I was literally stumped. I was like, I like to go to the beach, but I haven't done that in 10 years because I'm too busy being hungover. Like I was just such a New York city, like girl, my twenties. I was like, I would, I would imagine I'd like going to Central Park, but I never make it there because I'm always hungover, <laughs> you know? So it made me realize all these other things I would like to do. And I would imagine if you remove alcohol, a whole world of opportunities opens up to you, right? Definitely. I think that for me, I've become even more of a morning person. I'm so productive every morning. And whether that's just, you know, on a personal level, going to a workout class and feeling amazing and great for the rest of the day or waking up early, having a clear head and getting my work done so I can just like chill for, you know, the next couple of hours. I think that there are so many benefits, like, as you said, just not being hungover and opening up that time for other things that you just, that you love. I think the other thing too, is I think a lot of moms, especially now are self-medicating with alcohol and really struggling and using that as a crutch. And dry January is sort of a good test of like, am I being overpowered by alcohol? Do I have a problem? Can I eliminate it? You know, just for, for me last year, I did it and it was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm stronger than alcohol. I don't have a problem, but I need it. So I sort of just needed to, to prove myself strong in that way and be like, yeah, okay, fine. I can have a drink when I want to, but I think I, I'm seeing a lot of people struggling right now and medicating with alcohol. Well, Hillary, we know that you were on Good Morning America talking about the book and you've just become like an international sensation. You are our famous friend now. We're going to have to just refer to you as our famous friend. So can you tell me, like, have people been reaching out to you? Have you heard from people across the country? Are there any stories? Have you inspired people? Like, I'd love to hear how the book's being received. Actually, it's really crazy that you just asked me this. So about around May, I wrote a story for the New York Times about my relationship with my boyfriend. And I talked about doing a sober month during quarantine and how he was doing with me because alcohol just makes me really anxious in general. So to kind of calm my nerves, I gave it up. My boyfriend supported this and did it with me. And I, and I spoke about how he's done dry Januaries with me in the past. And about a couple of days later, I received an email from this woman who told me that she has two kids I don't even know where she lives, but she was just basically saying that her family is miles and miles away. She doesn't have support. And she read my article and she cried in bed because she knew that she needed to give up alcohol for the, for the health of her family. And obviously I wrote her back and I said, you know, thank you so much for writing me because she, she thanked me for the story. And I'm not, you know, a counselor. I am a journalist. I interview people. I tell their stories. And I, this was the first time that I really told my story. That was something so personal to me. And to hear that it touched somebody like that, it was, it was intense and overwhelming and just so heartwarming. So my book came out 
December 29th. And about a couple of days after the release, the same woman wrote me back and she gave me an update. And she said, I just want you to, you to know that I've been seven months sober since we last spoke and things are so amazing with my family. I received your book in the mail and thank you for, for writing what you did. And so I can't tell you that I'm sure that people are receiving my book and, and they have, you know, reached out to me saying how excited they are to, you know, give up alcohol for the month and do this with their friends. But because it's not the end of the month yet, I'm not hundred percent sure where it will go, but I am, was just so touched by this one person who had the courage to reach out to me and say hello. Cause I know as, as somebody who receives so many emails and I know that a million editors do when you get those really personal reader emails that are just so touching. It's, it just makes the world of a difference. So that was a big one. Well, we're so proud of you, girl. And I really think this is so, this is so awesome. I hope that our listeners take something away from this and maybe try it on for size and see if it works for them. But I really am excited to hear how people receive it, you know, kind of across the country and, and how it changes lives, because I know it's going to, I do like that you said, you're not a counselor like this, but that's, what's cool about this. You don't have to like go to AA and make a decision forever right? You can just try it on for size and just see if you can do something a little better, like for one month. And I just love that about this. I just think it's like easy, digestible, approachable and available to people. So I hope people love it as much as we do. And congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for being here to help us celebrate one year. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Christine's going to introduce us to the gal that is up next. Okay, big announcement. You've probably heard us rave about one of our favorite products, Celsius, an amazing fitness drink with thermogenic properties. Wait, thermo what now? It has a special blend of ingredients that are clinically proven to boost your metabolism and help you burn fat. Basically, if you drink one of these babies before you work out, it helps burn more body fat than you normally would with just exercise alone. And not to mention, it tastes amazing and has no artificial flavors, preservatives, no high fructose corn syrup, and it's very low in sodium. But wait, I already knew all that. So what's your big news, Jane? They have a new flavor. Strawberry guava has hit the scene, y'all. This sweet, bubbly flavor is now available on Amazon and at many local gyms, too. Perfect timing to kickstart the new year. Big strawberry guava energy, and I am so here for it. Want in? You can purchase Celsius on vitaminshop.com, walmart.com, and at your local gym. Check out celsius.com to learn more and follow their community of driven athletes. It's no surprise that an analysis of Google Trends showed the term immune boost as one of the most heavily searched in 2020. In fact, from April to May alone, the hashtag immune booster increased on the gram by over 46%. No surprise there. Beyond the obvious reasons, 55% of Americans say they experience stress most of the day and 35% claim they don't get enough sleep. All this and more can lead to us feeling run down and becoming more susceptible during cold and flu season. Uh, Thank goodness for Navitas, one of our favorite wellness brands. They have a large portfolio of immune-boosting products. In particular, their recently launched Superfood and Immunity Blend with just three ingredients, Camu, Orange, and Acerola Cherry, and their Elderberry Powder. Christine, don't you swear by this stuff? Um, yes, I literally start every morning with a boost of it in my smoothie. They actually have recipes on the back of the pack for smoothies, elderberry tea, and an immunity fire tonic. Ooh, sounds spicy and healthy. We love Navitas and we know you will too. Want to pick some up just in time for sniffle season? Use the code OTG30 at NavitasOrganics.com for 30% off any product. Hey guys. Okay. Christine here. So we can't wait for a little sunshine from our next guest, Dana Max, founder of the Be Happy Project. Yay. So let's talk about happiness. First of all, let's start at the beginning. What does happiness mean to you? I mean, it's easier said than done, right? It definitely is. Uh, people think it's an overnight process and it really isn't. It's a long-term process, um, but everyone can reach in long-term inner happiness. Um, and the best way to 
get to happiness is to practice a variety of things, which we can talk about. But happiness to me means collecting moments of joy and you're being present in those moments and um, just being grateful for everything that comes your way. The highs, the lows, you stay anchored in your joy. And so nothing rattles you. I love that. Well, let's take a step back because obviously we're all so curious to understand how you started the Be Happy Project, what it's all about. I think that's why we kind of led off with like, what does happiness mean to you? Because like, we all know what we feel like when we're happy, but you seem to have a, a bit of a deeper take on it so much so that you created a brand around it. So tell us a little bit about that journey. So the journey uh, really started from hitting rock bottom. And that was how I figured out what happiness meant. And it started um, almost a decade ago. I uh, lost my business almost a decade ago. And it was a dream that I had um, since I was a little girl, since about seven years old. I always wanted to be a fashion designer and um, have this beautiful business, kind of like DVF. Uh, forever and always. And so I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. I worked as a designer for Marc Jacobs and Betsy Johnson. And Betsy Johnson's my favorite too. I love them. Betsy was just such an incredible soul. Um, And then I started my own business and I saved up all my money. I knew nobody. I just did it on my own and um, with some help from my parents. And um, I invested into my company and I had it for almost a decade. And I just got to a point where I couldn't compete. Yeah, that's how we actually met um, when I was a fashion editor way back when I remember pulling your stuff for our photo shoot. So we had all your fabulous... Oh, I love that. Yeah, we've all been connected in that way. And um, yeah, I we were really all over the place. Uh, the line was sold in stores across the US and internationally. We were on like every major celebrity, every major publication, um, you know, Women's Wear Daily. So the line was like the hot new line. So there was a tremendous amount of press and success, but I was always trying to reach the next milestone. And I just got to a point where it was draining my soul pretty much. And I could not compete against the big boys getting into the department stores. Um, It was a lot about who you knew and how much money you had. And unfortunately, I didn't have any investors. I was doing it all my own with my parents. And um, I had to make the gut-wrenching decision to close my business. And when I did, I literally lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. I mean, this was 30 years in the making and um, my identity was so tied to what I did. Um, It was who I was. And so I had to step back and I started the Be Happy Project as I was closing my business because I wanted something I can um, depend on. You know, I felt the industry was filled with people whose word meant nothing. And so honestly, so I wanted this platform to mean something. And I quickly learned that, my happiness was tied to my success was, um, you know, tied to all these tangible people and things. And that's not what happiness is. And so I named this platform, the be happy project, because you have to learn how to be happy every day, all day. And it's not some toxic positivity. It's this ingrained joy in your life, this sense of calm, no matter what happens to you, you're anchored in it. And that's what I've been working on for almost a decade. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to their happiness being so tied up in their professional identity. And I wonder if you have a, an opinion on where the line is, because I always say like, it's okay for me to, I get my cup filled from professional success. I know that about myself. So it is an important part of my identity, but where is the line between putting too much of ourselves attached to that? So if God forbid our business crashes, we lose all sense of self and happiness. Like where is the line and how do you create a grounded you while still being ambitious? Yeah, it's a wonderful, smart question. Um, I believe you can still be ambitious. I'm certainly ambitious in my plan B, but um, I think you have to be anchored in this thought and it has to be a a total vibration of thought, heart, uh, word, um, just this inner inner anchor um, that says, I'm going to be okay if I have this thing or if I don't have this thing. And you have to truly anchor yourself in that. And I think um, ways you can get there are by practicing gratitude every, I, I practice gratitude every morning, every night. Um, doesn't matter what happens in my day. I also practice the art of non-attachment. That was huge. So I'm almost, I created this buffer in between myself and whatever that thing is. So everything happens for me, not to me. 
And that's how I live my life. I let things be as they are while still having dreams and, um, you know, chasing after certain goals. But I let things come to me and, you know, I let things happen to me and for me and um, in a good way, not in a negative way. And I'm not hurt by rejection. I'm not hurt by um, if an opportunity is missed or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I just think whatever happens around us, it's not affecting our soul, our being. And that's, that's the important piece of it. And I also practice um, the art of the pause. So, you know, if an opportunity comes my way, you know, if it's a great thing, or if somebody says, Hey, you're not for me, whatever it is, I take a step back, both with the high and the low. So because what I like to call it is when you have an opportunity that comes your way and it's so exciting and you feel really good and it's like getting your adrenaline going, that's a happiness high. That's not real happiness. So you can feel good about those things, but that's not happiness. And so you have to take a moment to step back and reflect and say, you know what? I'm grateful for this thing, but I'm okay with this thing or without this thing. I'm still me. I'm okay. And this person, you know, rejected me. I'm still me. I'm okay. I'll I'll find someone else. And so the highs and lows, you got to take a step back and take a deep breath before you're emotionally engaging in it. Did you find that with that plan B and that next move, did you always have this sense of knowledge and security and everything you're, you just told us? It's it's so grounding and, and impressive that you can do that. But were you able to jump right into that plan B with this knowing this and, and participating this way? That's, you girls have really good questions. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what I just said, if I came out right, but <laughs> no, I get what you're asking. Um, you know what, quite honestly, I had no idea that this was my plan B. So when I started the Be Happy Project, I was at rock bottom. I was closing my business. I felt extreme grief, shame. Um, I wasn't forgiving of myself, of others. I, I was a, really in a lost place. Um, the pain was so deep. And so I had no idea that life, was leading me in this direction. It was so, I, I, at the time I was like, what is my purpose? And, you know, I've, I've built this platform over, you know, several years. And um, it wasn't until recently that I realized, wow, this was life's way of leading me to my purpose. This was my plan B all along. Who knew? But I was practicing the art of finding true happiness for almost a decade. And you talk about manifestation a lot too and on your platform. So yeah, it's manifestation is huge. I've been doing vision boards since I was about 15. Um, and I think you truly have to be rooted in a, a sense that you are worth whatever it is that your heart desires. And I still believe that even through the failures, which I now can look at as opportunities for growth, I don't look at anything as failure. Um, you know, I, I'm worth this thing. I am worthy of abundance. I'm a worthy of a happy, good life. And I just repeat mantras to myself and everything has to be in total connection and vibration to, to believe that because the universe will work on it. If, if everything is aligned, that's what you're sending out to the universe and the universe will send back to you. So yeah. What does a day, so Dana Max, what does a day in your life look like? Are there certain happiness boxes you need to check in order to feel whole? Do you need to work out? Do you need to eat right? Do you need to protect your sleep? What are some of the things that you need to do on a daily basis? Maybe it's painting your nails, that epic Manny that I can't stop staring at, (laughs) but like, right? Like how do you fill those buckets so that beyond gratitude, you're recharging yourself? Can I piggyback on that, Megan? I'm also curious because it sounded like I love that's exactly what I was going to ask, Meg. But also like what, when you say I practice gratitude, what does that mean? Like for people who have no idea what that means. Yeah. So these are also good questions. So um, I'll answer the gratitude question first. So I have an app on my phone because I'm a visual person. So um, every night before I go to bed, I write down one thing in my phone that I'm grateful for and I upload a picture because then I'm connecting more to, to that piece of gratitude. And sometimes I wake up, I'm like, I go to bed at night. I'm like, I don't even know what I was grateful for today. And I think of something small, like a new song that I heard on Spotify or, um, you know, right now my, my gratitude today would probably be connecting with the three of you. I'm so grateful for this moment. And so if you're able to be present in the little moments in life, they, your heart will allow you to feel joy. And so gratitude can be the smallest of things to the biggest of things. Um, It could be just waking up and seeing the sun. 
anything that you can find appreciation for, that's what you need to hold on to. I also, one of the things I do, Dana Max, and I don't know if this is true of you, is just a lot of cognitive reappraisal. So I may take something that really, really sucks and look for the grain of good as a way of practicing gratitude. Yeah, that's it. I love that. And I think um, that is such a strong, powerful tool. I know it's difficult for some people because, um, you know, they, our minds tend to control us. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it too. We all have this inner mean girl, inner mean, mean boy. Um, and part of it is hushing that voice because that voice wants to see you stay stuck, see you stay down, see you stay in the negative. Um, and so part of practicing happiness as a whole package and something I do every day is I quiet my inner mean girl. And I have moments, I mean, you know, I might be nervous to do something like this. So my, my inner mean girl is like, oh, you're not going to do it. And the minute I hear it, and this is just an example, but the minute I hear it, I'm like, uh uh-uh, I I am too good for you. You know what I mean? So you have to start, you know, you have to be your own hype woman and you, um, you can't let that voice dictate your day. Um, so that's something I do. And, and to me today, I barely even ever hear the mean girl, honestly, because I've gotten so good at hushing her. Um, but other things I do, yeah, working out is important. Um, I haven't been able to do it as much as I would like, but, um, getting good night's sleep, I try and practice that. Um, so I have a clear mind the next day. Um, I allow myself to rest during the day. Not everything is go, 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 go. I think we, um, tend to glorify being busy. And I think there are moments where you can be busy and moments where you can take a break. Um, during my breaks, I like to meditate. I like to do breath work. Uh, breath work is huge for me so I can calm my soul and my spirit. Um, I love spending time with my family and my friends if I can. Um, and in those moments, I try not to look at my phone. I try to be present. Um, and I love listening to music, anything that, that can elevate my positivity is what I like to do. So I chose, for example, to do this podcast because you girls are so positive and I love it. And just, you have such a, all of, all three of you have such a light to you and that's going to elevate my, it's my ring light. I got it on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That was genius. Megan. All the lightning bolts that are like, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I mean, Throughout my day, I make choices to elevate my joy. Um, and by the end of the day, I'm, I have a lot to be joyful about. And that's, I've created happiness for the day. And don't get me wrong, there are things that happen and have happened to me, really devastating things um, that, that happen in our lives that we can't control. Struggles, hardships, loss, grief, all of that stuff. But even through that stuff, I've remained anchored and centered in myself. I, I've defined who I am for myself. I haven't let anyone else do that for me. And I've also stay centered in my calm and my joy and contentment. Contentment is huge too. Dana Max, do you feel like, I feel like sometimes people don't give themselves permission to be happy about certain things, like to get really excited about like a butterfly wall or like a really great mani. like that's okay. Happiness doesn't have to be this big, huge thing. Would you agree with that? Yes, I absolutely agree. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at like the three of your spaces when I first got on and I found one thing in each of your backgrounds that brought me joy. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, some people think that's kind of silly or superficial, but no, you know, you you can find joy in, in deep rooted things and you can find joy in surface things. And all of that makes you a complete person and that's okay too. It's almost like it's a little exercise for your brain because you're training, you know, it's like when you eat well, your body craves that. And when you start to see the good or the positive, um, I, Megan, you're queen of this. It's my whole book. This is my whole book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it really does work. And then you just start to live that way and look that way. And, and you know, it is. That's the first thing I saw when you popped up were those colorful things behind you. And then I'm like, wait, are those butterflies? <laughs> no, her nails. I can't stop with the nails. Wait, let me see your nail. Are they? Oh, um, they're. It's called Manny Me. I, I, I love their stuff. People like, love Manny Me. I love it. Um, so to bring my nails like at, at, you know, at night or something. Anything to bring me joy. That's such a yay. Yeah. yeah. And food. Food is a huge one. I, I am very health conscious. And so what you put in your body, um, I think has a lot to do with that as well. So what can people expect when they go to your Instagram handle, right? So like, what is the Be Happy Project? How do you interact with people? How do you bring them joy? And like, what do you provide there? 
So the Be Happy Project has really taken off in a lot of ways that I could never have imagined, quite honestly. But the the basis and the premise and the core of it is to inspire inner growth, inner peace, inner joy um, for people and, and give people a different perspective on things. And I get so many messages from people who just, um, you know, it may have changed the way they looked at something that they're going through or helped them through this past year, whatever it is. Um, and I try to respond to, honestly, every direct message and comment that comes my way because that community feeling is just so important. And sometimes you do really fun lives. Like you do with your mom. (laughs) I like watched the live with your mom and it was like, it's like, I like her. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, for me, it's how can I serve the community? That's always how I'm operating. It's without ego and it's of service to others. And so I'm always looking for opportunities to help other people. And so having guests on our Instagram lives is amazing because I have these wonderful experts who impart all this knowledge. I feel like it's a free therapy session for people. Um, I also do monthly giveaways that I've been doing for years. Um, and I work with both, you know, small businesses and really large companies. Um, I'm always doing all these different things. I'll promote, you know, things that the community sends me because I just, I think we should all be helping each other in this world. And the more joyful and uh, peaceful we all are as a whole, the better this world is. And so my goal is to get everybody to be in this place, this place of contentment, peace, and joy. What a great way to start the new year. <laughs> Love. You know, and healing has a lot to do with it too. I forgot to say that, but um, because I do get a lot of messages from people about, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this, I'm not healing, but a large part of getting to long-term happiness is through healing. You have to feel your feelings and there's nothing scary about it. Feelings are just visitors. They come and go. Just don't let them unpack and stay longer than you've allowed them to be there. You know what I mean? They're guests. So, um, there's a feeling is just let it go. And, um, you got to feel it first too. Do you feel like your breath work helps you expel a lot of that? That's a good question. So, um, Possibly, but for me, breath work really helps to calm me um, and to uh, re-anchor me and recenter me. We should do a breath work show, girls. Totally. Do you do an app or something, or you have your own method or your own? I, um, I actually, it's on the floor here, but um, I use um, Camuso. It's a, a necklace, this beautiful gold necklace, so no one knows what it is, and it helps to it helps me with the process of controlling my breath. So I do that like morning, midday, and evening, and I sit there and just do it like for a few times every time, and um, I find it really centering. I love that. Um, well, before we wrap up, I really want to just like hear from you. Here's the thing. Christine and I, when we were writing the script and writing your questions, we had so many questions to ask you. And it was so funny and beautiful because as we were going through your Instagram, Christine was like, well, you know, she just tells people a lot to like believe in themselves. And I was like, but how, right? <laughs> and I think I'm always trying to get to the why and the how, because I think that our listeners, like, it's great to tell people to believe in themselves and it's great to tell them to manifest their dreams. But if you don't really believe in your deepest heart of hearts that you can, then it's, you know, it really does take coming from a place of authentically believing that you can. So do you have a kind of any tips around that internal monologue, right? And like silencing that mean girl, I guess would be kind of what I'm trying to get at. But that voice that says, you know, I just can't, I could never do that. When you're trying to manifest and you're having a fight in your head with the mean girl, you know, what do you do to kind of find that inner confidence? And to add to that question also was, how did that happen? Did that happen? Because you went through that with your career. How did, how did that look, you know, from that transition, but go with Jamie's first and then add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Your question. Um, So, you know, to answer the first question. um, Yeah. I I think some of the things that I've done over the years that have helped me, um, I, I try to be very conscious of my words. And so I try not to use words like not or can't, um, don't. And anytime my, my inner voice says, you, you can't do that. I say, I can do that. And so starting to be conscious of words, I think is very important, especially the negative words that we use. Um, I used to put post-its around my house, uh, um, like in drawers and cabinets, and I would write little mantras on them, things I didn't necessarily believe in about myself at the time, but I still wrote them down. Um, and for example, it could be something like, I am smart. I am worthy of abundance, whatever it is. Um, and I would put different ones around and suddenly I forget that they were there. So when I would open up my cabinet 
or my drawer, I was like, oh, I'm smart. Oh, you know what? Okay. You know, and it was like this moment of, um, it was really, really cool. So I always recommend that to people. And I think uh, journaling or getting help through a, um, you know, a therapist is really awesome too. That was a huge part of my healing journey. And um, I could not have gotten to where I am without a good therapist. And I love to um, get rid of the stigma around therapy because it's such BS. I think we could all use help and um, it's, it's such a worthy tool. So those would be my personal tips. Um, and what was your question, Christina? It was just kind of based on that, like, did it always happen that way? Because you did, um, you know, after your career and you probably didn't jump right in, you know, opened wide eyed, bright eyed and bushy tailed, like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. So how did you, how did that really come to, to where you are now? So, you know, it was, it was weird because I so believed in myself and my talent and my worth when I had my fashion business, but when I lost it all and I was at rock bottom, I, because I had no idea who I was anymore, fear took over and I had to learn how to replace fear with faith. And so every day in my life today, I lean into faith. I never lean into fear, no matter what it is or what someone is saying around me, any negative talk, any noise. I just look at all that stuff as noise and I don't lean into it. And so we have to start getting conscious about not only our inner dialogue, but also the external dialogue dialogue that's around us. If there's somebody you're, you know, I don't know, a parent or a, a friend or whatever the case may be, a boss who's speaking negative dialogue, you have to learn how to tune that out. And create this buffer in between you and that person and keep yourself anchored. It took me a long time to get to this place, honestly, um, because I was so ashamed of my what I thought was a huge failure in my life. Um, but by kind of combining healing and therapy and all of that stuff and, and feeling my feelings and going through the grief of it, at, at the same time, turning to my friends who would make me smile or, um, you know, playing music that lifted my spirits up, you know, kind of combining the healing with positive moments of positivity. um, I was able to get to this place. Did you learn this stuff in a book? (laughs) The question is like, did you come to an understanding of all of this through now years of practice or did you learn it in therapy or do you follow teachers? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So I, you know, I have read a lot of books, but um, quite honestly, most of what I'm saying is through either my therapist, things that I've, I've learned through her or through my own um, self-talk. Um, because for me, a lot of it was realizing I had to do the self-work to get to the self-like. And there's no way to get to that place. People talk about self-love and positivity and all that stuff, but you have to do the work to get there. It's not going to happen overnight. And there's a lot of real deep-rooted healing that has to go on. And so we have two choices in life. We can either live and stay stuck in the fear, the negativity, um, the struggle, and victimize ourselves, or we can step out of it, step out of our comfort zone, and lean into faith, lean into healing, lean into peace, joy, all of those things. They all weigh the same. So why not lean into that? So that's my theory. I love that. I think that is a fabulous place to wrap this up. You have been wildly helpful to me at least. So (laughs) if if this is all for me, then job well done, but I'm pretty sure that you helped a, a bunch of people out there as well. So I hope that helps everybody kind of step into the new year with the confidence to manifest your dreams and just be happy, damn it. So we always finish our show with uh, a couple quick segments. I'm going to do a quick lightning round with you, Dana Max. Are you ready? Always ready. Go for it. Number one, morning or evening workout? Evening. Ooh, you and Christine. That's why you're friends. <laughs> Number two, what is your favorite workout? Uh, dancing. Oh, love that. But I Not just me. started into roller skating. So <gasps> we do. That's cool. That's <laughs> cool. My comfort zone, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. And then third question, coffee, tea, or matcha? All of the above. Yes. That is the correct answer, by the way. Yeah. And I sometimes drink them all together. So yeah. Ah. <laughs> I love that. And the last thing that we do, Megan is karma call and normally (laughs) Heidi is here and she's the yogi that would tell you that karma is the Sanskrit word for action so if you could leave our readers with one action step a small change that could yield big results what would it be very good Megan you did it thank you (laughs) um that was really good Megan um I would say practice gratitude and positive self-talk 
And so um, gratitude, again, can be something small. It could be, I love my mug. You know what I mean? Um, I'm grateful for this mug. And um, also practicing positive self-talk. I, I know I just named two, but they kind of go hand in hand. So um, saying something nice about yourself. We're so kind to other people, but we lack compassion for ourselves often, um, especially during the struggle. And it's important to be kind to ourselves too. I'm going to go stand in front of the mirror and tell myself that I'm freaking awesome after this. I'm just letting you guys know that full disclosure. Well, thank you so much for being here. Happy one year anniversary, everybody. Um, And by the way, if everyone's wondering where Heidi went since she was here for the beginning of the show, she had to go teach a yoga class because she is a yoga teacher. So like, that's just our real life. Heidi had to dip and that's why Megan uh, took us out there. But Heidi, we love you, even though you're not sitting here in this little Zoom with us, Christine and Megan. I love you guys. I'm so proud of us and proud of our first year on the air. Raul, our producer, we love you too. And Dana Max, thank you for being part of our one-year anniversary celebration show. Uh, Thank you to all of you at home for following on this journey and listening every week. And thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are consumed so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much.